Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is Unbound Talks. I'm joined by Jay Spower and Victoria Grant. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing awesome. So, Jace, uh, today we wanted to kind of dive into what we were talking about um, in previous weeks with project-based education and different things that we talk about a lot in Unbound. Uh, why don't you take it away? Yeah. So, thanks, Abe. Because Jonathan was not able to join us for this particular Unbound talk, Victoria and I thought it'd be cool to share some of our own personal experience with kind of this project-based education, questions-based education, kind of self, self-driven self education and the idea of learning by doing and applying and reflecting. And so we wanted to share some of our personal experience uh, about that and how we've learned throughout school and also some some jobs and career stuff. And hopefully it will encourage you and inspire you to kind of create an attitude of mastery in your own life and um, take responsibility for your education and ownership. Because I think that's really when education becomes the most powerful is when we own it and we uh, kind of take the responsibility to direct it where it needs to go. So with that said, maybe Victoria, you can just kind of start out by uh, sharing a little bit more about what what it looks like to own your education and um, to have that attitude of ownership. I'd be happy to. We talk a lot about education in Unbound, but the heart of that really stems from personal experience, uh, things that we've learned ourselves as students and as young adults. One of my personal favorite quotes um, on this is, one learns from books and example only that certain things can be done. Actual learning requires that you do those things. In contemporary Western culture, at least today, we've largely relegated learning to the classroom. We see it as a function of school and less as a function of life. When in reality, learning is a huge part of life that we can't extract out on a separate basis. So in order to not just exist, but really thrive in the world, you have to be able to learn and you have to be able to pivot. And this has always been the case, but particularly in today's information-based world where things change so fast, you have to be able to learn and you have to be able to to change and pivot, uh, not only to do well personally or in school, but also in the professional world. And so I know that's a little bit more of what we want to get into today. Uh, but both Jason and I have experience with very self-driven education, uh, self-paced, honestly, um, in a large part for our college education. And so that was something that we had to really get up close and personal with is how do you own your education? How do you own the process of that to be able to actually make progress and then study and learn and apply what you're learning? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting that you mentioned extracting education from life rather than seeing them as one and the same. Like I just kind of use a bit of a cheesy example. Like if you're training for a basketball game, you're not going to go out and, you know, practice your soccer skills, mm -hmm. you know, to prepare for basketball, you have to practice basketball. And in kind of the same way, in order to prepare for life, you have to practice life. And so I think the the education mindset that we're in now is so different than the life mindset that we have, where like you said, Victoria, things are changing all the time in life, but we have a very kind of stationary kind of mindset with education. And I think that also has something to do with, with that idea of ownership, because when you know, you're an adult and you're living your life, you have to take ownership and responsibility of you know, your job, your family, meeting with friends on a regular basis and, and having that fellowship with other people. There's so much that you have to take ownership of. It's not just going to get handed to you. Oftentimes when we talk about education or a classroom setting, it's very much you show up and you get handed an assignment, you get mm -hmm. handed the answers and there's there's not a level of ownership. It's more of an obedience kind of, I'm going to follow whatever the teacher says or follow whatever the teacher tells me to do. 
And there's certainly a value in learning how to respect and follow authority because that's also part of life. But I think it sometimes holds us back from being able to really say, okay, let's solve these problems proactively. Let's look at how we can take responsibility for them. And I think that's maybe a piece that's super important and super valuable to education that sometimes we miss when we have that kind of more classroom stationary structure. Yeah, I love how you mentioned uh, being proactive. I think that's a really good keyword because, so let me just say, we're not advocating not listening to the teacher, like you said, or just disregarding wisdom. Uh, What we're talking about really is an attitude of being proactive of how you learn, why you're learning, and finding the best ways to take advantage of your education instead of sitting there, like you're saying, and simply preparing for a test, for example. I think that's one of my favorite examples of how education and life today is so much about getting a passing grade through a test or writing some paper, but it's not practical. That being said, I am curious for you, Jason, Victoria, when was the first time you guys felt this ownership with education and what made you guys feel that ownership? When I started my college journey, it was largely self-paced because it was primarily focused on credit by examination, on self-paced online courses, and as fast as I could study and learn, that was as fast as I made progress. And that was a big switch for me, moving from high school with very you know semester-based and you, you did certain modules at certain times and everything was very structured to a much more flexible uh, way of studying in college. We had to learn that right off the bat. That was something that I had to adjust for is just even in the first few weeks and months working to figure out how to balance the schedule and how to set my own goals because I didn't have a professor saying, you will finish this class in 16 weeks. I had to set my own rate of progress. And so honestly, it was really in the first few weeks and months of my own college journey that I realized I have to own this and no one else is owning it for me. Um, otherwise, I'm not going to make progress. And it's simply not going to happen because I'm the one in charge of doing this and in charge of moving forward. Yeah, I would say, Victoria, that my my college experience was certainly similar to yours in that way. I think this idea of ownership and and even just project-based education, just the idea of, hey, in order to, to learn something, I'm going to do something to learn it started for me, but even before college. So I don't remember exactly what grade I was in. I was probably 13 or 14, something somewhere around that, um, that age. And my mom actually suggested, you know, she, she knew that I loved history. I was a huge history nerd. I also enjoyed writing and she was like, Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you write like an interactive, I think it was at the time it was called an iBook. And it was something that Apple had just kind of recently come out with it was like a interactive book on a, on a tablet that had video components and audio and, and all this kind of stuff you know write an iBook about American history and so that was the initial idea and you know over time yeah that idea changed and morphed I didn't actually do the whole iBook thing but I did do an ebook thing and then later a printed book and I then that was the first kind of opportunity I had to really own something and say okay for my education this is a project that I'm doing you know I need to figure out like you said Victoria when things need to get done the due dates the planning what needs to get done when how do I do it uh, this is the first time I've ever done this before so how can I learn not only by experience but also who do I need to contact who can mentor me who can help show me and kind of guide me and obviously my mom was a huge guide in that process I did the work but she was also there you know kind of over my shoulder helping guide guide me and helping me ask those questions of, okay, what's the next question you need to ask? 
what's the next step you need to take? And so that kind of flowed very seamlessly into my college experience, which was very much the same thing, setting my own due dates, setting my own goals for, for completing classes and having that idea of, okay, it's not that I'm out here doing it on my own, um, but it's self-directed. I, I still have mentors. Mm-hmm. I still have people, you know, my mom is still guiding me in that process as it did a lot of dual credit. And so it wasn't that I, I did it all by myself. You know, I had a lot of people helping me, but it was still at the end of the day, my responsibility to get the work done, to prepare for the, the exams and all that kind of stuff. And that, that was a really big skill, um, that I was able to, to develop over that time. So I'm really grateful mm-hmm. that that was my experience. What strikes me is how these are all coming from uh, where you were thrust into life and you had an opportunity. It was still fairly good, safe environment, whether it was school or having to do a project, but you had to be put into a real life situation, if you will, and say, hey, guess, guess I'm responsible now. I would say that for each of us here, we were all unbound. We went through the unbound experience. And so we've had this mindset and had this experience going into things of like, all right, we have to take responsibility. We're doing something that's non-traditional. Most of our school, if not all, is online. And so we have to be self-paced. Give some perspective on how students in general can have this attitude, especially those who are, I guess you could say, struggling to find this sense of responsibility or who are just finding the motivation to basically say, all right, I want to do this or take responsibility for things. I think something Chase said is very important here. JC talked about how even as you're directing your studies and taking ownership of that process yourself, you didn't do it alone. And so it ultimately does come down to self-ownership, but it's not a completely individual process. And that's something that you can do alongside Mm. mentors, alongside coaches, and even alongside other students. In Unbound, we have a unique situation in that there are in-person components and there are also remote components. And that allows students from all over the country and even all over the world to study together. And while you may be studying physically, you know, in your own geographic location, that's something that you can still do in partnership with other students and with other members of your community as well. And so one thing in terms of motivation to keep in mind is that you don't have to just be doing this yourself and you can employ other people to keep you accountable and to set goals with each other and to stay excited and to keep your eyes on ultimately where you're going and why you're going there. Education is all about equipping you for something. It's not simply an end in and of itself. And so keeping that in mind that your education isn't the end goal, it's what it's going to give you. And then being able to do that alongside other people, I think are two keys to staying motivated as a student. So I wonder, Victoria, you know, as we kind of discuss some of our experiences in this area, you know, I know we've talked about college and whatnot. What does an attitude of mastery, what does the ability to quickly and effectively master complicated information, what does the ability to ask questions and self-direct your learning, what does that look like beyond college um, and just throughout the rest of life? I wonder if you have any experiences in mind that you could share that kind of illustrate that going beyond and just how these educational principles that we're talking about are actually just life principles that we apply to education, but Mm. they can really be applied to, to life in general. They do absolutely apply to life in general. Somewhat laughably, that's not even something I realized necessarily, even upon graduation from college. I had you know, studied these principles and JC, you as well, right? We, we talk a lot about attitude and mastery and about being able to quickly and effectively master complicated information, asking questions. But as I entered the workforce during college and then 
uh, began moving forward professionally after college. Honestly, as I look back, most of the professional positions that I've held, I didn't initially have a lot of expertise in. Um, I intentionally uh, studied very broadly in college. I had a liberal studies degree, so I had a lot of expertise in different areas, but was planning on moving into the music field. So I was studying that in grad school. And as I started even entry-level jobs, bookkeeping, different things, um, didn't have expertise in that area necessarily, but because I had learned how to be a self-starter and how to take ownership of that process, I was able to move into those different positions a big one, uh, even outside of professional work and or paid work, perhaps, was the cabinet internship I did with Unbound. So worked on the student cabinet, and that was a huge place of practicing and learning how to take something that I'd never learned before, that I never knew how to do before. And I, my team needed that for me, so I had to learn how to do it. And maybe that meant finding someone who could teach me. Maybe it meant researching that or studying it online and then practicing it until I could do it myself. But those same principles still applied. And then moving into grad school, I learned how to be an editor so I could uh, help my professor edit papers. That was something that was new to me, but something that I wasn't afraid to learn how to do. And I think that's a big component is not being afraid of something you don't know, but realizing that you can ask questions about it and you can figure out where the gaps in your knowledge and where the gaps in your expertise are, and then work to fill those things. And that's definitely continued on. I worked as a freelancer for several years. That was planning to make a, a career of that until Unbound came along. That involved working with a variety of industries and clients that I didn't have expertise in. And that meant that I had to be able to learn very quickly and pivot very quickly and sometimes on a very, very short timeline as well. And yet at that point, that wasn't something that I was afraid to do simply because I had studied that and learned uh, not only in school, but then outside of school as well and applied those same principles to life as well. Jason, I know you've had a lot of of similar experiences of of applying those different principles that we started in school uh, to the professional world as well. Yeah, absolutely. Several things come to mind. First of all, I definitely relate to your, um, you know, what you said about needing to quickly learn just the industry that your client is in. I've I've had some jobs that have some similar responsibilities in terms just in terms of the skills needed to to do them. A lot of marketing stuff, but they've been for very radically different companies in very radically different industries. And so part of the job of you know marketing is also to understand your market, to understand the industry, to understand your story, your customer's story, um, all those kinds of things. And so. That's something that I had to learn, you know, rather quickly is being able to go in and get the the language right, you know, get the lingo right, get the terms worked as a, as a communications coordinator for um, a modular construction trade association. And so that was a completely new thing to me. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what modular construction was when I, when I got the job. And so that was a learning curve of, okay, what is modular construction? How does it work? Why is it beneficial? You know, what's the story behind this? Um, and so just being able to reflect on that was super critical. Certainly just the diversification of skills has helped me a lot and, and looking out for opportunities to diversify skills and not to get just pigeonholed in like, okay, this is what I'm here to do. You mentioned your cabinet experience, Victoria. My cabinet experience was great. Um, I love being on the cabinet and learned a lot from that experience. I came in kind of with a, a more of a, a marketing skill set. But, you know, based on the, the makeup of the team and the, the needs that were there, you know, I said, hey, you know what, there's there's an opportunity here to learn some new skills in some more logistics and operations stuff. And it's not that I went in, learned those and then never was able to apply them again, even though I've worked primarily in marketing since then and not in operations. 
I've been able to use some of those logistics and planning skills to great effect, not only in, in my career and my work, but also just in regular life, being able to, to think like that. And so I think just having that opportunity to say, okay, if I'm going to learn something either in school or, you know, a circumstance situation comes up in life or in a career, like, what can I learn from this? Having that, that ownership of that to say, this is a learning opportunity and it might not necessarily be the learning, learning opportunity I was expecting or that I was used to. There's still something I can learn from this. And then finally, just it's super, super well, two things. First of all, Googling is an underestimated skill, I think. Um, the ability to like <laughs> Google something and figure it out. I was in a position where that was really required. It, it seems so simple on the outset, like, okay, just Google it. But there's actually, I think, a skill to being able to do that quickly and effectively to, you know, not have to scour the internet for, you know, half an hour to figure out the answer to your question, but being able to ask the right question, type it in the search bar and find an answer within five minutes. Um, mm -hmm. That was super important for me in one particular position where I needed to do a lot of that. I needed to do a lot of Googling of technical questions and was able to get that skill of being able to quickly find it. And in the same position, I was able to work with my boss one-on-one -on -one a lot. And so there was a lot of Googling there's also a ton of working with my boss one-on-one -on -one. and, you know, we had a daily check-in every day and just where are you at with your projects? How are things going? Any questions? And so kind of that idea of, you know, we live in a, in a, such a digital world that the answers are always at our fingertips, but also going back to what we said earlier about having a guide and mentors and other people helping you learn. And then even what Nathan Rittenhouse uh, mentioned in podcast recently was, you know, he talked about basically trying to figure out what knowledge can't be digitally stored and how to gain that. So basically, mm -hmm. like, what can I not find on the internet? And how can I find it by going to other people in my life and, and asking them questions? And so that kind of combo of be really um, proficient at being able to find answers quickly in the digital uh, space, but then also having the opportunity and the ability to ask questions of a mentor and get some kind of coaching and guidance there has certainly helped me kind of distinguish between what can I what can I find online in five minutes and what should I really take some more time to dig in with somebody face to face. I think that's really encouraging to hear that uh, you can go into something and be able to learn. I know something that I hear a lot with my peers or even people younger than me is just how. I hear a lot of, oh, I can't do this because I didn't learn this particular skill, or I don't know what to do. Oh, I can't do that. Again, it's just this idea that you are able to step into something, take responsibility and learn, even though you don't know all the different you know, specific skills, but you have the ability to research and to explore. I think it's extremely freeing, can be scary, uh, a huge uh, advantage for all of us, especially as young people, as young professionals going into different fields. And so I know from my personal experience, it was pretty daunting at first of just fully understanding that I don't know much about a certain field or let's just be super practical. Like I remember when I was applying for jobs and they would list all the skills and the different requirements and always thinking like, I don't, I don't have that. <laughs> I don't know that. But then having that different mentality once I was in college and understanding a lot of these things we talk about in Unbound of saying, well, I might not know these specific particular skills, but I can learn them. And I know how to 
learn them and apply that to my work life or my own life in general. Can we speak a little bit to that of crossing that barrier, switching our mindsets with the whole, oh, I can't do that because I don't have that skill versus, huh, I, I really don't know all these different things, but I can learn that. I think it's funny that you mentioned that, Abe, because I almost took that too <laughs> too far. I did kind of two um, periods of applying for jobs online. Like I was mm. looking for jobs, applying to a lot of them online. I would look for things that, you know, I was interested in or I had skill set for, but I was also pretty open to just a lot of different options. Um, I would apply for jobs that I was not qualified for, um, just to put <laughs> it quite bluntly. But it was because I had that confidence of like, you know, hey, I can see, you know, that this is the list of qualifications. This is the areas of responsibility that this job is going to cover. It's going to require me to do these things. And I don't know how to do those things. I haven't done those things before. But actually, I have this confidence because I have learned how to learn. Mm -hmm. I have the confidence to be able to go in and say, I don't know how to do that right now, but I can see myself being able to do it. You know, I have, I think, some mm -hmm. of the the kind of the core skills, the fundamental skills to be able to do something like that. You know, I have the ability to be a critical thinker. So even though I've never mm -hmm. done this project like that before, I know that that project requires critical thinking. That's just an example. But and, and so there's a little bit more confidence there when you're able to say, I haven't done that before, but I'm not, you know, dissuaded from applying or, you know, reaching out to that potential employer and saying, Hey, I don't have experience in this, but I can learn. And I think that's also important too, with, you know, as you're training in a job, cause you know, we're young, I don't have much career experience. The, the those job postings online, they're always looking for two to five years of experience for an entry right. position. Yep. You know, that's kind of the, mm -hmm. you know, the cliche joke or whatever, but it's true. A lot of people want to hire people who know what they're doing and they've done it before. Um, and so it's, tough for younger people like us who have not been doing this for five or 10 years to be able to kind of get our foot in the door sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's also super important to, as you're getting experience and as you're, you know, getting some of those first entry level jobs to have the ownership to say, I haven't done this before, but don't worry, you don't need to train me. You don't need to stand over my shoulder 24 seven and make sure I'm doing it correctly and tell me, you know, okay, now go here and click this or, you know, okay, you're going to mark the wood here and cut it. Like there's, there's some element of training there, right. In any job, but there's also something super, super valuable. I think when you as a young person can go to an employer and say, Hey, I'm open to any and all training that you give me any and all guidance. I don't want to pretend I know what I'm doing. Please train me as much as you want, but also realize that if you need to go off and do something else, I don't want to be taking time away from your busy schedule, you know, having you help walk me through every step of the process. Mm. Um, I have a little bit of ownership and a little bit of responsibility where I can say, train me in what you want to train me in. You know, if you want things done a certain way, show me. Um, but then after that, if you tell me that you need this done and you don't have time to show me, I can figure it out. And I think that's super valuable for us as young people to be able to have that skill and the ability to say that. And I think a lot of employers are looking for people who have not just the work ethic, but the ability to say that. And they're always looking for, for people who take ownership. And I think that's just a super important. That's, that's well said, Jace. And the only thing I might add to that is that that attitude and that mindset and that ability doesn't just happen upon graduation. <laughs> that's something that needs to be built and needs to be developed. And it's a skill set that you can develop even while you're in school, whether that's learning to master things in your education or learning to master things and applying that to the workforce. There are myriad opportunities for doing that even while you're in school. So 
Jace, you talked about, you know, that <laughs> that need to have two to five years to start working. Uh, well, you can start that in school and you can start that in the jobs you're doing and in the internships you have and in the volunteer opportunities you have um, and begin developing that mindset early on. And it will only serve you more and more the older you get. I think these concepts definitely are real, really cool. Just the practical aspect has very much changed my life and how I look at things. And one very practical down-to-earth example is I worked at a uh, eye doctor's office for about a year and a half, I think. Yeah, it was the ophthalmologist's office. And I just remember being very out of place. So I was a communications major for college at the time, and I still wanted to pursue doing video, doing film and, and videography and all that. But I just, through connections, found that job. All my coworkers were med students. They were on their way. This was part of their prereqs to go to med school. I was only like communications, like guy who wants to make videos in an eye doctor's office. I had no connections at all. And I definitely felt that at first because going in, it was extremely fast paced environment. It was in one of the downtowns close to me here in New York City. And so it was upwards of 50 patients every day, just in and out. I was in the back. My job was data entry and answering the phones. I absolutely hated phone calls, being an introvert, just like, and ha now having to force myself <laughs> to pick up the phone. That was very much a learning curve. But having that attitude was huge because now I uh, understood, all right, there's so many like actual things that I do not know from insurance policies and how to answer patients and all these medical terms. But then I just remember th thinking, all right, well, I'm going to do my best. I'm not the best. I'm actually slow. So many times with the machines, I would mess up. I had to ask people. But it was that training to be humble and to be willing to ask questions that was huge. With phone calls, I was forced to pick up the phone. That phone rings. I'm going to pick it up. No one else is going to. I need to do my job. And that kind of beat the whole <laughs> less mature introvert side out of me of like, all right, I need to be professional and pick up the phone. And um, again, it wasn't that I was skilled as a medical student. It wasn't that I had learned all these terms in school or I knew the ins and outs of the medical insurance industry or anything like that. But I was able just kind of bite down, <laughs> swallow my pride, swallow my fear and learn and do the very best I could. Uh, it wasn't easy, but I learned so much from that. And hey, I mean, in some ways, I, I would think, am I wasting my time here? I'm doing something that has absolutely nothing to do with the career I have in mind. You know, this is nothing to do with communication or videography, really. I mean, besides talking to a lot of people. Through that, having that attitude of mastery and quickly and effectively mastering complicated information, I was able to see how that's helped me be who I am today you know, changing my attitudes and, and again, breaking me out of several shells, be professional and act in a certain professional environment. So Jace, how about for you? I would love to hear like a practical story of how you've been able to apply all this. Yeah. So I have an example. When I was working at the Modular Construction Trade Association last year, a couple of years ago, whatever it was, I was last year. It feels like a couple of years ago that it has <laughs> gone. We were kind of working on a website um, project. There was um, some events coming up that we needed to basically market for and have a, an event website with all the information on it. And we were in the middle of, of transitioning between a couple of different website systems. And so there was this question of like, will we have the new website up 
in time for marketing the events. And there was some discussion in the team about it. And basically people were like, well, I don't think so because we were using um, a certain software and the colors were off. They were not the brand colors of the event. And it was just like, no, we can't do it. There's going to be, it's going to be too complicated to try and do this all. Um, we had a couple of weeks and I was like, I, I'm pretty sure that if we can find a way to change the colors, you know, we can get the content in pretty quickly from the old site. You know, it's just you know, a matter of just getting the content over from the old site. I was like, if we can find a way to just design it in a way that is consistent with the brand and the colors, then I think we can do this. Will you guys let me try it out? Like, let me try and figure out how to design it in such a way that the colors work and the, and the brand is consistent. And so I did, and I went back and it involved like downloading like CSS files and like editing them and re-uploading them and all this complicated code stuff that I had never done before. I was able to kind of look at it and, you know, maybe do one or two quick Google searches, look at the problem and just kind of critically think through, okay, how's this going to work from the little that I know of, you know, CSS code, like what needs to be changed in here. And I went through and did it and it worked. It all, it all looked um, pretty good. There was, there was obviously some changes that needed to be made just on little stuff here and there. But for the most part, being able to go in and make those changes in the code was a huge step in the right direction. And it was enough of a huge step that the timeline uh, was such that we were able to launch the site in time for, the, for marketing the events. And so that stands out to me as an example of a time, you know, that taking ownership of a problem and then being able to apply those, you know, learning principles of not just quickly and effectively mastering complicated information, but also applying it and kind of working through and learning through a project and kind of stumbling along and learning as you go. It's a great example, I think, um, in my experience of a time when those principles really played out in life. Um, and it was a huge confidence booster overall. I think it was, it was a good, successful project because I was able to apply those principles and, and skills. Just in general, kind of, I guess, as we, we wrap up and close, I think the biggest takeaway that, you know, Abe and Victoria and I, you know, want you as the listener to take away from this, this episode is, is just to, you know, to have that responsibility to take ownership and then to be able to realize that ownership doesn't just mean you do it all yourself. Owning your own learning, owning your own growth doesn't mean it's all up to you and you just got to figure it out on your own. It just means that you're not waiting for someone else to tell you what to do or what to learn. You're taking the proactive step to say, I need to learn X and I know that this person knows already knows how to do X. And so being able to pursue mentors, pursue guides, continuing to respect and learn from authority, but realizing that you know it's not just a matter of doing what they tell you to but it's a matter of helping them help you by asking questions by knowing the questions to ask them and so i think just a way to to apply this and something that i'm challenged to apply this in my life just after our discussion is what are the things i need to grow in and then who do i know that can help me grow in that and how can i make it easy for them to help me and so what what questions can i ask them how can I structure our relationship in such a way that, you know, like we said earlier with the boss and the training, like how can I make it easy for them to, to guide me in this? Um, and I think if we can do that, not only will we have a lot of success, just learning new skills and learning new things, as Jonathan Brush likes to point out a lot, you know, all that leads up to the purpose of relationships. And so as we build relationships with those guides and mentors, it's not just to build skill. It's not just to learn new things, but it's also just to be able to have a relationship with them. And so I think that's super important. 
I would say that's, that's my encouragement to, to those listening is, is think about those things. You know, what do I need to grow in? Who can help me and how can I make it easy for them to help me? And if we can, we can discuss that and, and think about that and reflect on that, that leads a lot to growth and to good new relationships. A hundred percent. I would just add to that as we close. I know for myself personally, this is something that I'm very much still learning. And that is the beauty of all of this, that we continue to learn as we grow in relationship, as we grow in finding ways to learn. This is not something that just happens in college or even in our 20s or 30s. This is something that it's a lifelong journey, something that we've also mentioned in the past where we're young, we've got a lot of life ahead and lots to learn. And so that's just the process where we're willing to learn and sometimes fail, but like take on these lessons and continue to improve. And that being said, I also want to make this clear. This isn't 10 steps to success or whatever. This is very not easy. (laughs) I'll just say that as well. This isn't some like easy steps or whatnot, because it takes intentionality. It's not easy to always be asking questions and willing to learn. But as we all know, I should say, you know, no pain, no gain. A lot of times, if we want something more, it does take effort. It's not a breeze, but I would say the the results and the way we can learn and apply things to life is far greater than any of the struggle at first. Guys, thank you for sharing all this. uh, And hopefully this is something that all of us, as well as our listeners, can apply into our lives. I will say something that is not as difficult is going online, checking out the Be Unbound website. We, we talked about resources and places where you can research and find more uh, information that will help you. BeUnbound.us, this is a place where you can definitely do that. I want to especially mention the blog that Jace, our very own Jace writes. Uh, we go again into detail with a lot of these concepts, whether it's project-based education or quickly and effectively mastering complicated information. And so again, if you are interested in Unbound, what we do, the Ascend program, all that information is on our website at beunbound.us. We want to shout out the podcast where we have other segments coming out in a few days. We will have the community update coming out again for the month of October. So if you are a student listening to this and you want to know more about what is going on in community opportunities in student life, do look out for that. You will have a lot of information from David as he shares the community update. Next time, we will be doing another episode of Unbound Stories where we talk to uh, entrepreneurs. We're doing a new section where we interview students from various careers. And next week will be business owners and entrepreneurs. You do not want to miss that. Jace, Victoria, thank you so much for being on again. This is always fun to talk about the big ideas, but also talk about the real life experiences that we have. Well, guys, this is the Be Unbound podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next time.